everyone. Welcome to Real World Parenting, tips and scripts for parents on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson, a child and family psychologist, and I'm glad you're here. As you settle in to listen, let me reassure you that you are in the right place. If you're a loving parent looking for answers and encouragement, and maybe even a chuckle amidst hard things. If you're a loving parent who's raising a child on a journey different from your own as a child, and are seeking a compass as you navigate uncharted waters. This is the place for you if you get the theory of parenting advice you keep hearing, but for the love of chocolate and curry and all other nearly perfect things, that theory never quite works as planned with your actual children. Finally, you are in exactly the right place if you're a therapist or clinician who works with kids, teens, and families. My intention is that these episodes will deepen your work and change lives. So in this intro, I get two to three minutes here to boil down 30 years of work in my psychology offices and my experience as a mom in the trenches and let you know what I'll offer with this podcast. I almost called it lessons from our living rooms or couch conversations because my offerings will be things I've learned and keep learning from the vantage point of both my living room couch and my therapy office couch. The aim of this podcast is to offer hope, support, wisdom, and experience in community, to provide clinicians a window into what our recommendations actually mean for real families in real life. We will talk all things kid and teen related and shine a spotlight on families navigating identities related to race, gender, and adoption. We will explore common child and adolescent mental health and wellness related topics. The hope is to leave you with a greater understanding of your child's needs and a, you got this, energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions including, well, what do I say when? And what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day-to-day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa or lace up some shoes or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. All right, welcome everyone. I am thrilled to have Jessica Seacrest back for another conversation. We had so much fun the first time and have a lot of heart stuff that overlaps and we're going to be combining our real life expertise with schooling expertise and theory and talk about something very near and dear um, to my heart today, which is body positivity and raising kids who um, who are going to need to be able to combat tons and tons and tons of messages they get about size and value and attractivity and all this kind of stuff. So welcome back, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it came up in our past conversation that it's something that we think and talk about a lot. And just now, quickly before we hopped on, we were just talking about the pervasiveness, right? It's not only, so both are true. The world is going to give your kids a tons of message about who has, um, uh, power who has value and who is attractive. And most yes. of those messages are either going to be a thoroughly impossible, 
stick figure, skinny person that when we do studies is really like the body of an 11 year old or a 12 year old <laughs> or right. the other impossible, the stick skinny waist and arms, but you know, big old backside and, you know, lifted chest, which happens yes. for very few, if any, of the population <laughs> in general as well. <laughs> right. So our kids are going to get a ton of messages. There are ways we can talk about that too. But as with many things in families, how we as parents talk about our own size, our own bodies, other people's bodies, how we evaluate things, how we notice who's in movies or who isn't in movies or who's always the hero in movies, et cetera, et cetera. It's tremendous what I like to call inoculation um, yes. for kids to be able to prepare them to counter some of the mainstream messages. So so what do you talk about in like, how do you think about this and talk about this on your page? I know you have a following and you spend a lot of time talking about it. How do you how does it yeah. for you? So I think one of the like one of the things I talk about a lot is how much of a gift it can be to your children to not be the mom who is looking in the mirror and poking at herself and pushing on your stomach and and commenting on your own body in a way that is negative, because whether you like it or not. I have four little eyes who watch everything I do and they notice if mom is not taking off her shirt to go in the pool or they notice if mom is squeezing herself or scoffing at her body or making comments because I had a mom who did that and I look a lot like my mom and I thought she was beautiful and I could not understand well we look so much alike why why do you not like the way you look because I look like you and I think I look great and I think you look great. And I have a daughter who looks just like me. And I know that I want her image of herself to be positive as much as I can affect. And the way that I can affect that is, you know, lifting her up, lifting my son up because it's not just for girls. Um, it's not just for girls because I think, you know, we don't know, you know, who these children are going to turn into. So we need to make sure that we are being careful with how we talk about ourselves in front of our kids. And you'll never hear in our house me say, oh, mom's so fat or mom needs to lose weight. Because you know what? If I'm having those thoughts, those are inside thoughts. They need to stay inside my own brain. Now, I don't tend to have negative self-talk thoughts about myself. I'm I've worked on this a lot, but I think it's very important that our kids see us modeling positive self-talk and that when I look in the mirror, oh, mom looks so beautiful today. Oh, I really love the way my outfit looks. And maybe we don't even need to comment on the size of mom's body. It's not really that important. The size of my body is probably one of the least interesting things about me as a person, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I love that. Right? <laughs> and just to be able to say that to your kids, because the and they do it differently at different ages. And I want to really highlight a couple of things you've said. And I love that we're starting right off because there is a lot out in the larger media messages, peer stuff that we cannot influence and, and we cannot control, but we absolutely yes. can be mindful about what comes out of our mouth first and foremost and, and our facial expressions and our heavy size, all those things that you talked about with our first and foremost, our, our own body and really 
Um, that's a great place to start. I think also the point you make, this is not just a conversation for girls for a couple of reasons, right? Like there is pressure on boys to look a certain way and be a certain way. And only superheroes tend to look a certain way and be a certain way. Yes. And boys are often placed in the role of evaluating girls for attractiveness too, if they're heterosexual, right? So it's like all the way around, we want to chip away at the message that girls are supposed to look a certain way and boys are supposed to look a certain way that, that it doesn't serve anybody regardless of, of however your child looks to who's attractive later. It's just, we need to chip away at it because there are so many people who spend so much time um, focused on that part of themselves. And I love you saying the size of my body is the least interesting <laughs> thing about me. Like side note, it is not a main character in my life. Yeah. It is really early. And, and I think we, I can't stress enough. Same thing. Like my, my mom, I don't know. She'll probably will listen to this one. If you're out there, Ronald, that, that one of the things I say all the time that my mom did so, so, so well was not comment negatively um, about her own body or her size or needing to diet or eating too much. And also not evaluating other women that way either. She just did not talk about how that woman shouldn't be wearing that bathing suit in public or shouldn't that she shouldn't wear short sleeves or she shouldn't have gone sleeve. Like we have all of these, these evaluations that I, sadly, I hear um, from other folks because we've been programmed, right? So this is the thing that I will say. If you're sitting here going, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh, I can't. I said that. You you come by it honestly. We are absolutely Mm -hmm. taught to evaluate each other, like women to woman, man to woman, woman to man. We are taught to evaluate each other. And there's a ton of bias around who is centered in heroic or positive stories, right? And so if mm-hmm. you recognize some of these behaviors, safe space, this is all good. Guess what? Like any day you don't end up saying something like that going forward is a huge win because it isn't just what Jessica you're saying about with your feeling like the research it's one of the things, honestly, for folks to know that is associated with eating disorder, like risk factors for eating disorders is in the research, in the science, is having a parent who evaluates their own body really negatively or a parent who also looks at other women's bodies and evaluates either by comparison or talks out loud about their process of what that woman needs to do differently or not. So this isn't just... Hey, we think it's a good idea. It's there. It it pans out that the less yeah. we can. I think. What do you say? The other thing I talk to kids about is for both boys and girls, male identified and female identifying people. But in general, like our bodies are so cool for what they do. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, tell me, you were, yeah. you were telling a story I'm earlier a- about. Yeah, go ahead. What would you like to say? So my son and I, he likes to watch my TikTok videos and he sometimes he'll tell me he wants to watch this or that if he sees something come across. And usually it's like cake videos decorating. But this time he was really interested in acrobatic yoga, like couples yoga. And we're scrolling along and you see thin woman, thin woman, thin woman, oh, plus size woman. And she's doing acrobatic yoga. And he looks at me, he goes, "Uh, she's too heavy to do that. And I looked at him and I said, well, she's doing it, right? And he said, yeah, but no, she's too heavy. And I just, I took that as an opportunity to tell him, you know what? 
people of all sizes can do all sorts of things. And like, I am a 300 pound woman and I can do a cartwheel. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive on any level for being a 30 year old, I think. Um, but I, we, we talk about this and I say, you know, mom can do handstands in the pool. Mom can do cartwheels and look, mom, mom is a heavier person. Mom is the larger person and that's okay. You know, people of all sizes can do all sorts of things. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he just kind of moves on. And I think it's important too, that kids, especially I have young ones. I have a four and a half year old and a three-year-old and they make comments on people's bodies like this. Right. So you'll in the grocery store and they'll say, Oh my goodness, that woman is so large. And it's like, she's so, and I, I just respond with, she is so beautiful. Isn't she? And, and he'll go, yeah, she's so beautiful. Because you know what? I'd rather turn the conversation around rather than being like, hush, 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 hush. Because, you, and, and I, sometimes I'll even say, yep, some people are big and some people are small. And then we just move on. Because you know what? That's true. Some people are big and some people are small. I am big, you're small. And we just kind of like, children are going to notice things. Yes. But if we can make it as not a big of deal as possible and, and explain to them that everyone is different, and that doesn't change anything. She's she's a very large, beautiful woman, and she's very large. Yeah, very true. All of it's true, and and we'll move right on with our day. Um, yeah. And capable. And you know, I think a lot of it too is people, and this is part of like where children get this stuff from outside of themselves, outside of the home. Is there's a viewpoint that goes on people who are not like the beauty standard, right? Of you know, fat people are lazy, fat people are clumsy, fat people um, are unhealthy, fat people can't do things or shouldn't do things or shouldn't wear things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't find that to be true. As you know, a fat person myself, and I don't think fat's a bad word, it's a descriptor to me. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not lazy. I'm not clumsy. I'm not unintelligent. I am not incapable. Um, and I will wear the swimsuit. I will wear the bikini. I will go to the beach with my kids because they care so much less about what mom looks like than they do about having fun with me. And I would miss out on so much with them. And I'm so capable of doing handstands in the pool. <laughs> no, I mean, here's what I look like. It, yeah. And it's critical to, again, it's the inoculation to just break the associations between some of those judgments about people and, mm-hmm. and notice. Or one of the things I say too, when you're raising kids to have awareness or consciousness around race or gender norms or whatever, if you're watching movies, like notice who's missing, who's not in the movie, or if there is a larger person in the movie, are they a buffoon or are they a mm-hmm. bad guy? or you know what I mean like and you can just wonder I wonder why it is sometimes when there's because there's all of this messaging and I think sometimes we hesitate to name it but but it's real and if you don't name it then your kid then it goes unchallenged for your kid like what do you notice about the there aren't many larger people in this movie and the ones that are what are you noticing like a six-year-old can totally do that with you and we'll say they're always silly or they keep falling down or they you know what i mean like they never or or they're perpetually single in older movies your four and six-year-olds are Mm -hmm. watching those but if you're if you're working with um you know kids approaching later elementary school and teenagers and they're seeing movies they're, you know, the the funny fat friend who's always single and kind of sidebar entertaining for the main character who is wispy. Um, yeah. And and it's a part of, and, and, you know, there are different cultural norms 
around some of these pieces, but the more and more, the more and more mainstream messages about having curves, but not too many and only in the right places. And, and like, and the other thing that I think I talk to kids a lot about, even starting from early on is like, bodies don't, you know, most women's bodies don't look like that like and and when they do it may be very well that they've been intentionally sculpted that way <laughs> like yeah this because we don't really get to pick and choose the body that we have right like yeah. there's a lot of theories about why we end up being the size that we are are right there's like set point theory of weight there's these things that and you know there's a large genetic component I mean, if you look at any of the women in my family like go back generations they all look just like me and i'm not saying that that doesn't mean that i am destined to always be this size but i've been this size for 12 years so my entire adult life yeah. and i've been very active and i eat fairly healthy and you know um but we don't always get to pick the body that we have and if we get one and we can treat it nicely and that includes how we talk to it, right? So we should still move our bodies. That's a good thing for us to do. We should still feed our bodies fruits and vegetables and, you know, do things that are quote unquote healthy for us because that's important, but we also need to be kind to it and nice to it and speak good words to ourselves because you might, you know, when they're little, they don't know what they're going to look like when they grow up. Right. Um, and ideally, you know, in, in a perfect world, it would be very easy if everybody had the exact same body yeah. and when they grew up, you know, it would be easiest that way, but that's not true. And like you said, a lot of women that you get, that you see in the media, they're not even real. Like not, they don't even look like the yeah. photos that you see. I remember when we saw so uh, more than 20 years older than you are. And I remember when we first started having conversations about the whole idea of, of um, editing photos. And in my idea of it at the time was like, they would, you know, edit out a pimple. <laughs> they would airbrush mm -hmm. a pimple out or one wrinkle, right? And now they, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean to to state the obvious, I hope most people have an awareness of this, but if not, this is a great place to start talking to your boys and girls, boys and girls, not, you know, all the way around about how they're lengthening. They falsely lengthen people's necks by an inch and a half. They shave inches off their waists in completely inaccurate ways. They add curvature. They are, they're, they're totally fabricating bodies in dramatic ways, not just slight cover up. If you have a scar, you know, which is how <laughs> I was first introduced to the concept. And so really having a critical eye on the media that you're watching as a family or just, you know, being able to say like, geez, you know, I just wish that and I don't, you know, you have to, everybody gets to decide. I'm a big fan of bodily autonomy. <laughs> like people get to decide whatever they do with their bodies. There's also just a part of me that's like, oh, darn it. I wish, I wish that people didn't feel the need to do the doctoring and that we could live and, and love and just, you know, yeah, count handstand seconds or cartwheels or swing <laughs> or, you know, walk and pick flowers or whatever it yeah. is that you're that you're doing um i remember i think social media is hard for it too because 
TikTok, there's a current trend. I'm not sure if you're up on it. There's there's all these AI filters now, and it will take your face and put it on someone else's body. Um, and I see all of these women, and these are adult women, so I can only assume what's going on in like the younger teen category with this same thing. Because if this technology was around when I was an insecure teenager, this would have been really bad for my mental health. Um, it takes your face and puts it on like an ideal body and people are saying this is my hashtag inspiration photo for weight loss and it's like but we we need to sit here and think for a second that's not even a real person yeah so we're not even putting a face on a real person and then shaving them down this is a computer generated photo of you that's not you that's not your body that's not any woman's body and it's important for like you said boys and girls because boys see this and they think that's what my partner should look like when I grow up not realistic. Real women are lopsided. Um, you know, real, real people are lopsided. Real people have, you know, things cellulite and skin that hangs differently and wrinkles and lumps and bumps. And it's totally fine. Like bodies are so cool. And like you said, they do such cool things. Like, especially for our moms out there, you grew like kidneys and (laughs) fingers and eyeballs, like bodies are so cool. And like, to be, to be focusing and glorifying a picture that's not real in any it sense, is. it's not even a human, is just, it's got to be harmful for mental health, especially for young kids who can't, their brains aren't fully developed, so they can't fully, um, I think, separate that reality, right? Like, that this is something that is not even remotely real or realistic, and, and I think that's super important. It's a whole other level of kind of deception. And the, and in the best inoculation is just helping. Let, let, let's look together at some of what you're, wow, do you think that's, I mean, and you can do it in curiosity. Like, do you think that's actually realistic? Do you think those proportions make sense? Like, you know, I wonder, the other thing that I talk to people about is at what cost? Because that's the other thing. Without the without being snarky, like okay, so maybe this is a person's, you know, body that does meet many of the mainstream um, beauty standards. Great. And what? And and for some people, they live a totally casual uh, lifestyle with no restriction of food and no hyper focus on food. And uh, maybe they're out there. <laughs> but the other thing that I think a lot is. Holy moly that, I mean, like it takes, it, it, for some people it can become very consuming. Like it comes at a, a lot of upkeep. Price. And, and so here's the thing, right? What my experience in talking to women in particular, but men also over the years is people who fall outside the beauty norms worry constantly about trying to get within them and get thinner. And, and people who are within those norms worry constantly about falling out of them, like are spending a lot of <laughs> mental energy and a lot of, um, time and and just just worried or fixated on food and exercise and size and 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 that it just is like ah like I want to I so badly want us to be able to have these conversations with kids about our bodies their bodies that's the other thing 
I remember one of a friend saying that to, this is, you know, there are these little tidbits of things, but I remember somebody explaining to me when I was very young, like I, I don't actually comment a ton when people lose weight. I don't comment at all when people lose weight, even if I notice it, because then if I don't comment <laughs> late, late, you know, and you don't know whether it's healthy or not. So if you're telling somebody they look great and you don't know what they're doing to, to, to change, like there's all kinds of ways that I'm just like, don't, I don't comment on other people's, even in my inner circle and my, my friends. And I just, just being mindful of the fact that you can't know a person's journey around food and size and, and your kids are going to hear who you compliment and who you don't compliment. Mm -hmm. And if they're in the other room, listening to the women in the kitchen, lament, whatever, or the women in, mm -hmm. out, you know, out in the yard, lament, whatever, we, we just have to chip away at it. And there, there will be plenty of opportunities. Like I also have a, one of my favorite things from my son when I think he was five, five or six, you know, I was doing laundry and picked up a pair and he's like, ma, those are the giantest panties I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's charming. I mean, I don't know how many people's panties you're, you're like sort of making jokes about it. Like, how many have you seen? And they and they fit my bum perfectly. And like, you know, they're comfortable, buddy, kind of a thing. And just sort of like being able to chuckle that you, yeah, you, they will just, they will just point, point out stuff. You'll always get a foot in the mouth. I mean, yeah, a foot in the mouth situation with a kid. You're always going to be in the grocery store and they're going to say something wild or off the wall. Um, but back to when you know, noticing someone losing or gaining weight, my favorite thing to say is you look beautiful as always. Yeah, You're not commenting on what they look like. And I think sometimes I get this a lot. So I have not, like I said, I have weighed the same amount. I weigh the same amount today as I did on my wedding day 10 years ago. Um, and I'm just, this is who I am. This is the size I am. And people will see me and say, have you lost weight? And in my mind, I go, so in your mind, I'm much larger than I am in person to you. And they don't mean it that way. And I realize that. So I don't take it that way. But I would lie, I'd be lying if I said that that never crossed my mind. Um, and I don't think people realize that the power of the words that they have on people. So if you were to look at someone and say, wow, you've lost weight, you're doing so great. And they're having, um, you know, a health struggle, whether that be an eating disorder or not, right. um, that could be really detrimental to them because you're commenting on something that may be outside of their control entirely. Like maybe they started new medication and they aren't exactly happy with the weight loss or it's doing other things to them. that's causing this. And we like, to your point, you don't really know anyone's situation. Um, I get comments on social media a lot because I put myself out there and I post a lot of body positivity stuff. And I get a lot of comments saying you are so unhealthy. And for a minute, it, it makes me instantly mad because I'm like, well, how do you know yeah. you, you really don't. And in fact, when I, I, I do, you know, I go to the doctor and I had a doctor when I had my son look at me and he said, well, she's a very healthy 25 year old woman. And I, that was the first time anyone in my life had called me healthy. Wow. And that's harmful. I think because I'll never forget that doctor who was giving me an epidural saying she's a healthy 25 year old woman. And now I've had several doctors since then comment on you're very healthy. You have, you know, bop, 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 you check all the boxes. You're a very healthy woman. 
And then for everybody on the internet to look at me and go, you're so unhealthy, you're going to die early and say all these really horrific things to people that you don't know their situation. I get, I get some really nasty comments online. Um, and you, you really don't know someone's situation. And just because I am fat doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to be happy. Like just because I am fat doesn't, I'm not excluded from being happy and existing and showing people that it's okay to just be. I don't have to be losing weight. I don't have to be hitting it hard at the gym all of the time to, like you said, get back into that beauty standard. I don't have to be trying so hard because chances are a lot of people out there aren't hitting it hard at the gym, trying so hard when they're making those comments. They just maybe won the genetic lottery a little bit better than I did. <laughs> Cause that's reality a lot of the time. Um, and I'm not saying I couldn't use to go to the gym or I couldn't use to exercise. I think we all could, right. but um, I think that it's one of those things that like, you just really never know when you're commenting on what somebody looks like, what they could possibly be going through because there's so many reasons where someone may be my size that could be health related and they may be trying their hardest to do something about it. Or you could be like me and just existing and happy. And I am active with my kids and I eat healthy and I do all of the things and I'm still this size and it's okay. Well, and, and, and I can be happy. And, still. and similarly, you can take people who appear quite thin and are not healthy like, yes. and do to have issues with all kinds of different health indicators and, or nutrition and, or right. Like, so, so being mindful when you comment on other people's appearance and size, even when you think you're doing it to be affirming and positive, mm -hmm. like if it's specific to size, being mindful about that. Also food. I think it's another, it's a fascinating thing where I developed a little bit of defiance around like portions, you know, where people would be like, oh my God, you know, I've loved sport. It was a huge tomboy, loved sports, played a ton of stuff, was always in motion, ate a ton, <laughs> still do eat, ate a lot. And, and I would preempt, I got so used to people saying, whoa, you know, like, are you really, are you having second one? Like, wow, somebody's, you know, hungry. And I was, that I just would preempt. I started making jokes myself about the, uh, uh, about, um, the size of my portions or you better get out of my way. I'm going to elbow you out of the way on the way to the dessert bar or whatever, because it was so prevalent that people, it, I, it was weird. I remember noticing, and it was probably high school that people were noticing how much women ate in particular girls they mm -hmm. were commenting on how much they ate and, and it or how little, yeah, yeah, Just depending on, yeah. depending on both your size, because I think sometimes we comment on how little someone who's thin eats or how little someone who is larger eats, because it's like, oh, well, are you trying to lose weight? Are you, are you on a diet? Are you doing so well? Or man, you could really use a cheeseburger. Both of those things, <laughs> not great comments no. and harmful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Again, you don't know people's stories with food. You don't want to make assumptions mm -hmm. about what people should or shouldn't be doing. Um, the other, while we're listing, these are all, it isn't just, you know, things that, that are, that are irritating for me. It's not, this is truly coming from the standpoint of being a child psychologist for 25 years and hanging out with tons of kids and families and messages around body and supporting kids from early age, all the way through adolescence, 
problematic comments about food, size, bodies, all that kind of stuff. One of the other big ones I hear a ton um, that it took me a while to kind of tune into too is the 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 idea that you earned a dessert that you mm-hmm. had in two ways, right? Like I even know it was a big thing in my in my family, and I noticed when I wanted to reward my kid, we were, hey, it's a fun date, let's go have some Get ice cream really big and ice cream and ice cream was the first word I learned to spell by the way because my parents kept trying <laughs> to spell it I'm like I know what that is it's ice cream because they would spell it out of their saying and um and and is a long-standing love of mine and and pe- so two ways that's that's problematic that if rewards are always food I would invite you and a family to think creatively about how again because that attaches value it attaches achievement it attaches things to food the other piece is when people say I just went for a big hike so I can have two cookies um mm-hmm. I, oh it's fine if you have that pie because you played soccer today you know sort of a thing where there's this direct direct connection between if you have burned off calories, you are allowed to put more in. And I just want folks to think about, start paying attention. I bet if, if listeners here notice how many times those comments are made about who who is okay, who can afford, you know, who can afford from a calorie intake, outtake, not get too big standpoint to actually mm-hmm. have a, a sweet dessert or something based on, I don't know if you hear that a lot too, but that's something that comes up a ton. And even in oh, friends and family. absolutely. And even in my own life, like I think about like, you get good grades, you go out for ice cream or something. Yeah. Um, but in our family, we do it a little different. Um, just to offer some suggestions for anybody out there who's looking for a different way to reward than food, because it is so easy to be the go-to to be ice cream or like <laughs> a cake or a cookie or something. Yeah. Cause it's easy. Right. Yeah. Um, we do, if you, you know, you did so well, let's, you get to pick the board game. You did so well, you get to pick the song we listen to. You did so well, you get to pick you can literally pick a, the game that you and dad play. You get to pick our after dinner activity. There's so many things. And that's what we do in our family. So usually because I have a child with ADHD, which we talked about last time, <laughs> it's usually behavior based. So if behavior is really good, the reward is usually picking the board game, picking the after dinner activity, picking the costume that we want to wear, um, picking if we want to go on a bike, a bike ride or a walk. Um, things like that are like, easy to do. You're probably doing them anyways, but giving the child a power of choice in them makes them feel like it's a reward. Even if you were planning on doing it anyways. Yeah. I talked about that a lot. Exactly. Even if you were maybe going to, yes, do that. Or other things that I've used too are like, sounds funny, like you can pick which way we drive home. Right. Like if you yes, I love doing that drive home, which route are we going to take? Or should we go up the hill or should we go down the hill? Like, especially for the young one, they just think that is the coolest thing ever to be given a sense yes. of agency in that in that way. And so absolutely being creative about um you know, am I tucking you in first or second tonight kind of a thing, you know, so some sort of choice where you're going to tuck them in at some point so you might as well you know work around different ways to do that and I think it's it's really important I think it's yeah it's because we do link link a lot to food and for many people there is an emotional component 
food and comfort or food and reward and and just to be healthy like that's what we want is a healthy relationship with your own body and with food and we want most of us want our our kids to to try to have some some sense of balanced relationship with food and positivity about what their body does and so noticing again um with girls if people say and <laughs> it can be a little socially awkward i will tell you that it can be a little socially awkward because the majority of people like there's a um young teenage girl uh that i see a lot and and um she recently did lose a fair amount of weight and she kept wanting can't you tell i've you know and her parents were like you, you and i'm like i just don't know what i know is that you are killing it in the sport you are playing right like and they and everybody just looked at me I'm like okay whatever call it my thing but i don't comment on preteen girl like i'm not looking at how much weight your daughter gained or didn't gain that is just not what i'm gonna do you know like you can't get yeah. it out of me i will not and so it's just <laughs> this funny thing but there have been a few socially awkward moments right where well people it's it's in the flow of conversation to be like oh she she should not oh my gosh she's too big to be wearing that or like oh belly crop you know top crop top when you can see your belly and i will just change the subject or just say i love it she is rocking it you know what i mean just make that's a usually my go-to yeah <laughs> i usually if somebody ever makes a comment like gee do you think she should be wearing those shorts I think they're super cute. And you know what? Honestly, I'm not being disingenuine. Like, I think that if someone feels confident to wear something out of their house, or even if they don't feel confident to wear it out of their house, the worst thing that could happen is somebody commenting negatively. Imagine you just finally get the confidence to wear the bathing suit to the splash pad, even if it's a one piece and you're going to go out with your kids and you hear someone whispering, well, you're never going to wear that swimsuit again. And how horrible, because you know what? I will never see a woman out in public wearing a swimsuit, playing with her kids. My brain doesn't go to, huh, she does not look good in that. My brain goes to, I am so glad she is having a great time with her kids. Yeah. Because I truly like, what your body looks like does not matter to me. It doesn't affect me in any way. But you having fun with your kids affects your kids. And I just think it's a great example to show all kids that it doesn't matter what you look like to go have fun. You don't have to be thin to have fun. You don't have to be thin to wear the crop top. You can wear the crop top if it makes you happy and you feel confident in it or you're trying out something new. Do it. Yes. It doesn't hurt anybody. No. And in fact, and maybe this is part of my, some of my counterculture stuff. And maybe this is maybe this is part of the problem. But part of me is like, you go ahead. Like there is there is a part of me that does give a bonus point here and there, which is probably flawed. That's me trying to unthink some of the stuff I've been taught in terms of like, you know what? Because it just gets it gets it gets tiring to see people. I think hide. in our brains we know that it takes a little extra effort for someone who does not fit the beauty standard to mm -hmm. go out in less clothing than they're usually comfortable in. Um, and I think that's where that bonus point kind of comes in. Cause I also feel that way. I also am like, ding, good job, mom. Look at you killing it. Because in my brain, I go, I know how hard if I had not a great relationship with my body, how hard that would be because I'm in a very fortunate position where I don't care what people think of what I look like. I truly don't like, it's none of my business 
even if someone's literally sitting right next to me, she shouldn't wear that. I'm still going to wear it. Um, but a lot of people aren't that confident in themselves. And I see that and I oh, like, that's my like, ding, yeah. great job. Because you're not only showing yourself that you can do it, you're showing the world that it's fine. And it's almost like people saying you're glorifying obesity when you go out and do these things. I don't think so. I think you're just showing people that existing as you are is just fine. fine. Because you don't ever see someone who's thin in a swimsuit and say, they're glorifying the standard beauty standard. Yeah, You would no. never say that. But how do you, how do it's almost like they're overcoming more, more. to go out. Yeah. Because the messages are out there. You're, you are, you are definitely bucking very clear messages about who should be showing skin and who should not be showing skin and what is attractive and what is not as if that's, that's the other thing that I talk a lot about girls and boys about this idea that, and again, it makes me, sometimes I can be a downer at cocktail parties. I'm just saying I'm like, it's funny. I chose cocktail parties. I don't drink any party because they will, I just don't, I won't participate. You know, I will say to young girls, young, young boy, like you, there's so much more going on in your day than whether or not other people think you're attractive. And part of focusing on that is really developmentally normal in adolescence. You feel like you've got a microscope on you or a spotlight. And of course you're tracking, you know, how you're received. But if we, as the primary people in our kids' lives can talk about, you know, were you funny today? Were you kind today? Did anybody notice how clever you can be today? Like, mm-hmm. yes, your girlfriend, you know, because that's the other thing is like, oh, she's so pretty or whatever. I'm like, you know what? And I happen to know she's a, you know, wonderful debater. She is like leading the debate club at school or she is so good with her grandma and her aunties and whatever. Like, just looking to highlight other qualities that we have, what your body does or other qualities that we have rather than just how our body looks as a way to evaluate folks. And when we chip away at that for our kids, they will develop, it is, it's inoculation. They will develop the ability to think more critically about media. They will be kinder on their own bodies and the bodies of other people. How, how do you think you... How do you think you develop, like, when, when, you know, I can talk a little bit. My mom was a great model for sort of gender bending stuff in some ways, in some ways. But around her body, she's in the front yard in a bathing suit, no matter what, did, you know, just was kind of oblivious <laughs> to the way people might be evaluated. And it was delightful. Never commented on my size, my clothing, like none of that stuff. Never, ever. And I, and I, that is honestly one of the greatest things she's ever done for me. How do you think you came to that place where you can be like, look, it is none of my business what other people think about where I'm at. Where did that, where did that come from? Where did you find that? (laughs) I think I found a lot of it because I was always told that I couldn't do things. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Oh my goodness. I, well, I, in, when I was young, I was a competitive cheerleader. I was 250 pounds and a competitive cheerleader who could do front handsprings because you don't tell Jessica that she can't do it. She's going to be outside in the yard doing front handsprings until she lands it. You also, I was, before it was cool to be a plus size person wearing a bikini, I would wear a bikini to the beach with my friends. And let me tell you that 
was scary at 16 because back then we're talking like 2009 Mm -hmm. um beauty standard was way different yeah and a very you know large woman in a bikini was not something people saw at the beach ever and I said you know what and my you know back then 16 years old you know what I'm never going to be the size I was when I was 16 years old. I was a child then. And I'm comparing, you know, my body was basically the fully grown same size I am now very close to, to my, you know, uh, friends who were, you know, still going through puberty and still very thin. Um, And, and I had to go either. I'm going to have fun with my friends and I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Everyone else be damned. Or I'm going to not go because people are going to look at me if I'm the, if I'm the girl in this, in the shirt, you know, who's not swimming and not, you know, and I, I just, I always had that attitude of don't tell me I can't do something. Cause I'm going to do it. If you tell me I can't do it, if you, so my mom always said, I wish I didn't care about what people think like you do. And my mom even now still does. And I've had to tell her, how kind of hurtful it is when I, and she says, oh, I wish I could just lose some weight. I'm so fat. Like, mom, you're a hundred pounds less than me. And, um, if you're saying that about your body, what does it say about mine? And we're, my sisters and I are kind of like working on that with her because we are all very large women, my sisters and I, um, varying sizes, but we're all plus size. And it's important. I think that like, we kind of call it out a little bit. Um, and, and I think I just came into this place by, by just when people told me I couldn't do something, I did it. And it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't immediate. Um, as I got older and I got more confident in myself, I think it helps that when I look in the mirror, I truly like the way I look. I don't look in the mirror and say, Oh, geez, I can't believe I look like that. Um, I look in the mirror, I think I'm pretty. I think I'm beautiful. I have never been hindered by the way I look or the size of my body. Um, I've always been a very active person. I think that helps a lot mm-hmm. because I i mean, I go on mile-long hikes with my kids weekly. Um, and I do these things. I swim with them. Like I said, I can do cartwheels. I can do all these things. Um, and I think a part of that's, I've always been an active person. Um, and truly like my, and my dad always said to me growing up, which I'm not using him as an example of great body positivity because that's not where I got that from. But he always said to me, what other people think of you does not is none of your business. And I thought on that for a long time, like for a long time, because I was very much a people pleaser. I wanted everyone to like me. And one thing I didn't expect about posting on social media is how little I care about what other people think of my body. Mm -hmm. Because I was always afraid to post on social media because I was like, I'm going to get all those comments. And you know what? I do. I get those comments because I post pictures of myself in my bathing suit. I post recipes. I post uh, meals that I make for my kids. So naturally... You know, all those things are really like people are going to pick away at you and tell you all the things you should or shouldn't be doing, um, positive, negative, whatever. And it really has always rung in the back of my head is what people think of me is none of my business. Not at all. Um, I'm just going to keep being happy and doing my thing. And um, I think I also learned very young that for me, and I, I would hope, I really hope that this 
maybe will uh, hit somebody. You don't have to be thin to be happy. My happiness and my self-worth are completely exclusive of the size on the scale and the number inside of my pants. Like it does not matter to me. I can still be happy at 300 pounds and probably will still be happy if I ever were uh, 200 pounds or 150 pounds. And I think what happens a lot is people start off at 300 pounds and they're unhappy and they lose weight and they're unhappy. Mm -hmm. And it's scary for people because they see me happy at 300 pounds and they go, well, how is that possible? Because when I was 300 pounds, I was miserable. How is she allowed to be happy? And I'm not even at 150. And, and I think that's where a lot, the place that a lot of my negative commentary comes from is the unhappiness um, and the, the inability to disconnect your self-worth from your size. That because it's truly, it does not, you don't have to be thin to be happy. happy. That's a, you can be thin and happy and that's great yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. And plenty of thin people are happy, Yes, but it's not a requirement. It's not a prerequisite to feeling that way. And I think the other thing you hear people say too, with the assumption of if you're attractive, you're happy as well. People would say, I don't know how many times where people say she could be so attractive if she if she just lost, lost weight. weight, you're pretty. See, for a big you could be girl, so beautiful. You, you could be so beautiful if you lost weight. Like, yikes. or you have a beautiful face. I get this <laughs> one a lot, and people don't mean it negatively. Yes. But and this is just maybe for anybody who needs to hear it too. Yeah. When somebody tells me you have such a beautiful face, my and and I might be a little bit. This is my little zany side coming out. My brain goes. You have a beautiful face, but the rest of you trash, <laughs> horrible. And they don't mean it that way. No. Um, but it's that, it's that like conditioning, right? That like, that you think that the only compliment you can give to a large person, male or woman is your face is beautiful. Cause this is the only part that meets beauty standards. Yeah. Your face meets the beauty standard, but the rest of you does not. So I can't comment on that in good conscience. Yes. I won't be so, a good person if I, right. If, if I, I lie, if I lie about that and truthfully, yeah, no, I yeah. think, yes. Well, we, I love this conversation. Hopefully, I mean, there were a ton of little tidbits packed in here for people. And it's what I love about these is like, there's some do's and don'ts in here. Again, there's so much that we can't control over you know, the images that our kids get, who's cast in movies, what's said around them at the cafeteria table. But we can absolutely be mindful of how we talk to our own bodies, what we say out loud about our own bodies. We focus on what our kids' bodies do and the other mm -hmm. qualities about them as a human being. If we not do not comment on other people's size and or you know attractivity in that way those right there are just tremendous gifts and normalizing it like talking about all bodies having books in your house trying to find the books where people are all shapes and sizes and colors and trying to just normal normalize normalize we don't know we cannot make any assumptions about any of these people based on their size um yes and they all that they all have value and worth and can can be 
you know, the main character in their own stories. For sure. Yes, your worth is not your weight. Love it. Thank you so much, Jessica. I am really excited to, to have this get out there into the airwaves. And I hope that we can meet again to talk about something else yet again, fun and fascinating and zany. There's my favorite word again. <laughs> thank you. For joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say I am so glad you joined and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlauraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation uh, and Facebook at Common Cord Psychology Services. So check me out those places and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.